Welcome to an all-star edition of the Haber Show podcast. This one's jam-packed today. Always absolutely a, a crazy circus at All-Star Weekend. First up, we got Aaron Gordon, the Orlando Magic forward, who is uh, participating in his third dunk contest. Uh, first time in a few years after losing in 2017, uh, the 2016 epic, epic duel against Zach Levine. We're going to talk about that and also a sneak preview of his dunks, what to expect at the dunk contest tomorrow against Dwight Howard, Derek Jones, and Pat Connaughton. We're also going to hear from Tom Thibodeau, former Chicago Bulls coach, a legend around these parts. We'll talk about Kobe Bryant with him and the rest of the NBA and that amazing run he had with the Chicago Bulls. We'll also talk to Rashawn Holmes, Sacramento Kings Center, who has had a breakout season with that team. And also we're going to hear from his mom, who is an amazing character. Can't wait for you guys to hear this. So without further ado, let's get on with Aaron Gordon, Tom Thibodeau, and Rashawn Holmes back to back to back. We are here in Chicago, All-Star Weekend with the man that everyone wants to see this weekend, Aaron Gordon. What's going on, man? Tom, man. Here we are, man. What are we doing? It, we are talking about tomorrow night dunk contest. You are back trying to win it for the third try. Yes. Tomorrow night. You're not backing down. You're saying, you know what? I didn't have my best shot in 2017. 2016 was legendary. Mm. I want to go again. What can we expect from tomorrow night? Man. Four more dunks that have never been done in an NBA dunk contest. So the originality is going to be there. The power is going to be there. Um, man, the only thing that can top 2016 is bringing home a trophy. That's right. But I, I just saw on Twitter, Zach Levine. People love he Zach Levine here. Of course, man. Zach Levine posted on Twitter today, or a video came out today on Twitter, Zach Levine trying a 360 from the foul line. Sheesh, I've seen him do it before. You've seen him do it? He can well, do that? I've seen a clip of it. Yeah, you got to yeah. be nervous. Like, I kind of feel like Zach Levine's going to come out tomorrow night and do a surprise, like, WWE style, <laughs> like a wrestler, show up and just put himself into the contest. And just turn up. Uh, I really I really think if I make my dunks, the trophy coming home with me either wow. way. Wow. Uh, who, any props? Uh, have you been training with any props? Stuff the Magic Dragon? Uh, not this year. I think I'm, I'm just going to take a chance on some of the dunks. You're going to take a chance? Yeah. So I, I was seeing that, uh, you know, you've been on with a couple people talking to you retrospectively of 2016. Mm. What is the one dunk that stands out to you that you feel like is underrated that you did in 2016? You had, of course, the one between the le underneath the legs over stuff. Mm. You got the three six or put it through the legs over stuff. But what is the one dunk that you feel like people don't give you enough credit for? Yeah, I think it was that 360 scoop. You know, stuff was rotating on the, the little, like, so, hoverboard. The hoverboard. Yeah, right. He was rotating with the ball in his hand. Did the 360 scoop out of his hand. I think that was slept on a little bit. Yeah. You had to time that. Yeah. The timing was there. There was a lot that went into that. So how does it work? Do you talk with the mascot beforehand, like, weeks before? And you're like, hey, hoverboards are big right now. Dr drones in 2017 mm, were big. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, do you have to think about what's trending right now? Like, what's hot in, in 2020 before you do a dunk? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what you want to do. You know, you want to just uh, uh, play to the crowd because this is really just a celebration. You know what I mean? This is uh, everybody getting together and celebrating the uh, the all-star, the, the athleticism, the all-star dunks. Um, and, and so you just want it to be a, a people's event. 
Like, did you have to size up the the, the drag uh, stuff the magic dragon when you're trying to do your dunks? You're like, man, you gotta you gotta get another mascot out here because I can't do it at that height, but I can do it at like five five. No, I, I mean, no, I actually did. <laughs> I did. He had he had the stars on his head. I was like, stuff, my my man, you're gonna have to lose the stars. <laughs> and he just got so sad. I was like, okay, you can keep the stars. We'll figure it out. So when you, when he's rotating like that, did you know that like at like three o'clock, like when he's going around in a circle, I gotta I gotta take off now. I, it was just more of a feel, you know. It was more of a feel of where I needed the ball to be uh, to execute the dunk, and he rotated around. I was able to scoop it uh, and finish it. Have you talked with Zach recently about, hey, let's bring it back? Like, was your was you coming back this year contingent on Zach showing up, or were you just like, hey, I just want to do this for myself? Yeah, I'm doing it for uh, myself and for everybody. Getting this trophy would mean a lot to me, uh, just so uh, people don't tell me that I was robbed every other day. <laughs> <laughs> so. Are you? Have you been talking with people trying to get inspiration for tomorrow night? Like, how does that? How does that work? Where you're? I got all these ideas coming in my head, but I want to bounce them off with other people. How does that work? Where do you get your inspiration for dunks? Yeah, I get my inspiration from uh, social media. A lot of the great dunkers in the world, like Vince Carter, uh, Jason Richardson. You know, just kind of going back and seeing all the old school dunkers, uh, Dominique, Jordan, um, and, and then just the people that are around me. Man, they inspire me every single day. Uh, the people that I talk to. Um, and, and that's all I really need. Yeah, Dominique Wilkins and Vince Carter today said your dunk contest in 2016 ranks as high as any dunk contest ever. Wow. That, that means a lot, man, coming from those guys. You know what I mean? Yeah, like you coming up, you watched all those on YouTube, like seeing, getting inspiration. What is that like to hear from the greats that, hey – it ranks right up there with all the time passes. That's huge, man. That's huge because, yeah, those are the guys that I, were my heroes. You know what I mean? They're the dunk legends. And uh, it's this hell, hell of a validation. Yeah. Yeah. When you put it through your uh, – when you put it three, 360 through the legs over, over the mascot, do you remember who didn't give you a 10? Oh, man. You got a 49 on that one. Yeah, it was Shaq, You jumped right? over a mascot – Oh, yeah. Grabbed the ball, put it through your legs, and dunked it, and you didn't get a 10 from one of the judges. Do you remember Unbelievable. Who yeah, it was Shaq, right? It was Shaq. Yeah. Super glad he's not judging it this year. <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, Shaq. Unbelievable, man. Huh? Come on, Shaq. That's what I'm saying. You know, he doesn't – come on, he can't do that. He's going to give it a 9. Come on now. Yeah, like think about it. If you did that dunk like 15, 20 uh, years ago, that would be like 100 out of 50. Right. You think there's a curve like now that today – Dunks seem easy, but like if, if Michael Jordan was trying that dunk, he would have gotten like 100 out of 50. Oh, right? for sure. People's heads would have exploded. <laughs> yeah. Shaq, did you talk to him about that afterwards? Like, hey, man, you got to. Yeah, I ain't worried about that. That's old news. Yeah. Who's, uh, who's going to be judging this, this year? Uh, some of the judges. Chadwick Boseman, Dwayne Wade, Candace Parker, a couple other. I, I, I forget. That, uh, I'm losing them. Do you have to grease the wheels a little bit, try to talk to D-Wade a little bit beforehand, try to tell him, like, hey, man, I need this one? <laughs> I probably will. Probably will. But uh, I'm going to just do my dunks. I'm, I'm going to make sure they're involved, uh, get them engaged, get the crowd engaged, and, you know, really really play it. Can you tease anything for tomorrow night, anything uh, that we can hear at the high line? I, I mean, you guys are just going to see me out there, uh, you know, really taking a chance. Okay, okay. Well, I do know that um, – I saw on TikTok, there was someone on TikTok who was, you did a little video, a little dance. Can we expect a little dance out of you tonight, potentially on TikTok? Uh, yeah, I, I get a, a little groove going, you know what I mean? Addison, 
um, is an incredible TikTok, an incredible personality. And uh, I think she's going to be out there helping me. And, um, yeah, learn to dance. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah, you have to do dance lessons for TikTok? It wasn't too hard, you know, especially with a teacher like her. Yeah. Well, it's going to be exciting. I know um, I know a lot of people are excited for that. And just to see you out there representing the Orlando Magic, uh, you know, you're on your fifth coach, I think, in six years. Mm. And you've had uh, an amazing career so far. But what is the thing that you look back on, not just that All-Star weekend, but what you're most proud of as an NBA player uh, so far in your career? And I'm, I'm just proud of how I've progressed, you know, um, coming in as a uh, no, labeled as an athlete as an athlete a dunker and a defender uh, and now i'm starting to break out of that and people are starting to respect the overall game you know um, being able to score from all three levels from the three from the mid-range and, and uh close to the basket so you know i'm, I'm just going to continue to progress i'm really proud of my maturation yeah you should be i mean as a as a, a defender a high level defender you can you can step out and hit the shot but in-game dunking different game right oh for sure for sure. In-game dunking is definitely more instinctual. There's not all too often where you just get a breakaway and you get to just kind of, uh, you know, freak it. Give me the scouting report on the other contestants this year. Like, okay. Okay. We got Derek Jones Jr. Yep. Derek Jones Jr. can fly. Absolutely fly, man. He has incredible bounce. Uh, I'm excited to see what he has to do. You know, all these guys are super athletic. Dwight, he's already been in it before. I think he won it, you know. So he has that, that, uh, that kind of, like – to uh, that win to rely on uh i could do i could tell he's gonna do something really creative i'm not sure if he's getting up like that anymore but <laughs> but he might you know what i mean just for the for the um sake of the contest and then pat Connaughton, that's the sleeper you know uh, but i know he's a, a crazy athlete so I, i'm excited to see uh what he has up his sleeve pat Connaughton can fly yeah he's an incredible athlete have you had any private dunk competitions with your buddies in the league just like trying to compete against each other without the cameras on no, those those are uh, like the end game, you know, it's like who can get the craziest end game dunk. That's like the competition. Yeah, because I kind of feel like you guys got to compete against, get each other up. Like who are you most, not feared in the competition, but who are you like, you know what, I think he's got some up his sleeve this year. Yeah, I think all of these guys are plenty capable. You know, I really do. I think between th the three of them, you know, who knows. But I know I'm going to focus on my dunks. If I do my dunks, I'm taking home that trophy. You got four dunks. How do you choose which best your best dunk, how to bring it to the front of the line, or do you wait until the end to bring out your best dunk? Definitely got to finish with the grand finale. So the best dunk That's is, hard. is at the end. The best dunk is at the end. That's hard, though, because if, if things don't work out, if just, like, the ball's not feeling right and you don't get to do that fourth dunk, we never get to see that. It's true. It's true. But maybe there's a chance. No, I'm not, I'm not coming back, so I got to make sure I get all four of these dunks. <laughs> this is it. Yeah, this is it. This is it. This Your is last it. hurrah at yeah. the dunk contest. Definitely. Man, because I kind of feel like in 2017, you might have had two dunks left. Right. That you might bring out tomorrow night. Mm. Like, is there, were there dunks in 2017 that you're still thinking about, hey, I want to bring that back? Yeah, we're going to have to see. That's good deduction right there. Ooh. <laughs> no drone? No drone, no drone. Too Someone difficult. said it wasn't even your idea to do the drone. Yeah, it was kind of just kind of like floated in the room. I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's all right. I'll, I'll go ahead and try that. I think that would be cool. Um, but my heart wasn't there in the 2017. I was still caught up on the 2016 dunk contest. I thought I had won it. Didn't even really want to come back. But, you know, somebody kind of encouraged me to go. Yeah, I mean, you're a big man. You're not like six foot. You're not Spud Webb out there. How hard is it to impress people and get your legs in the air 
Like, when you put the ball underneath you, I don't think people quite understand. You're a 6'9". Right. And you're getting the ball underneath your legs to put it through. Do you feel like there's a, a, a curve that big men face as in the dunk contest? Yeah, I think there is. I think there is. You know, it's, uh, it's not as, like, glamorous, you know what I mean, when big men are dunking. But uh, I think I do a good job of bringing my athleticism and kind of like an ac acrobatic approach to it. So it makes up for that. When you do that, that dunk underneath your legs, was that the first time you'd ever done it? No, I, I had done it like two or three times before that. Did you get inspiration from other people when you see that, the, the one underneath you? Like, did you see it on YouTube one day and you're like, I want to do that at the dunk contest? Exactly, exactly. So I saw a, a guy named Just Fly do it. I think it was Just Fly. Might have been Worm. Um, but he did it and he finished with his right hand. And I was like, oh, I can't, I can't jump like that. So I had to switch it around, and I had to finish with my offhand. So yeah, that was slept on too. And then sometimes it goes into overtime. Against Zach Levine, you guys had a double overtime. Yeah, shouldn't have went into overtime. You should have ended it. It should have been over, man. I should have It's over. It's over. It yeah, you, you might have gotten robbed. I, I, don't, so. I know people here in Chicago are expecting, uh, you know, a lot of people were showing out for Zach Levine. But objectively, like, that was an amazing performance by you. We're excited about it for tomorrow night. Yeah, it's um, going to be another good one. Hey, so I want to ask you about this. I saw on your bio, this is a crazy thing. You averaged 27 points a game in high school during a tournament when you later found out you had mono. Oh, yeah, Tory Pines, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, you, you, you're playing through mono and you're able to put up 27 points a game in a tournament? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know I had it. You know, I just felt a little run down, you know, but um, I just was going out there just trying to help my team win. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, that's just kind of like, you know, where I, uh, where I pride myself on is my motor, you know. So I just got my motor going, and then everything was just like uh, clockwork. I don't think people realize how much work you put in behind the scenes on the mental side visualization, meditation, how, how important is that to you? Uh, I mean, physically, everyone marvels about your abilities physically, but how much work goes on behind the scenes just as an NBA player getting ready for not just this weekend, but uh, any NBA game? Right. I mean, a ton of uh, self-love and self-appreciation goes into it, you know, because uh, we're on a stage every single day for people to critique us, you know, and, and there's no um, second takes, you know, everything is very live, you know, so... You have to come off the court and you have to give yourself those positive affirmations and, and remind yourself of who you are and why you do it and, you know, why you're special. So you got to continue to continuously do that uh, in order to just be confident and be successful in this league. How, how do you turn it off? Do you turn off social media? Like, do you check it at halftime? Do you check it after the games? Like, how, what is your relationship with social media over the years in the NBA? Oh, it's, it's definitely gone down. My, uh, I thought I probably had a... a like, my peak social media, like, interaction was probably after the dunk contest uh, in 2016. 2016. And ever since then, it's just kind of been going down. You know, it's just, for me, it's it's a little just uh, arbitrary. Yeah, because sometimes when you're up, it feels great to get that, that positivity out there. Mm. And then, like, when things aren't going your way, you still have that, that dopamine kick you want to get back into it and be like, I want to check that. Right, right. And it's like. And as people, you know, you'll you'll get three comments that are incredible. Hey, you're amazing. You're you're doing so many great things, but it's that last comment that you harp on the one that's like, oh, you suck. It's like, ah, oh, okay. Yeah, well, how can I be better? You yeah, know? it's like you can get all the praise in the world, and then that, that just one that sticks out. And you're mm -hmm. like, you're thinking about that for the whole rest of the day. Exactly. Do you meditate? Oh, for sure. Every day, or just uh, during big. Big things you yeah, want to just get your mind right. I try to meditate every day. Um, 
uh, or at least you know some type of prayer, um, some type of writing or reading, uh, just to keep my mind sharp and keep my mind clear, um, because you know this is a, a, a high intensity sport. Um, it's very pressurized, and um, it's just it's it's at the end of the day, I just need to remind myself that it's fun. So that's what meditation helps me do. Are you visualizing what you're going to be doing tomorrow night? Like are, beforehand, like Michael Definitely. Jordan used to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's where I found out about Michael Jordan used to visualize big games at the free throw line or last second shots. Are you doing that with your dunks for tomorrow night? Oh, yeah, you got to. You got to. I just want to make sure everything is flawless and uh, go out there and execute the way that I know how I can. So definitely got to visualize. Dwight Howard, man. He's back. What was the last time he? When was the last time he did the dunk contest? It's been in like a decade, right? Yeah, with, with Nate Robb, right? Nate Robinson yeah. was in it. It was his kryptonite. Maybe he gets the Superman cape out again tonight. <laughs> I'm so excited to see it, man. I know it's going to be full of antics. Yeah, man. After every one of your dunks, you were, like all your your buddies in the league were just like, oh, my God. And that's that's got to be fun for you, too, to see what the other guys do out on the floor. We're all excited to see what happens tomorrow night. Definitely. So best of luck. Visualize it. Everyone wants to see you show out tomorrow night. It's going to be Will a lot do. of fun. Will do. All right. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Dom. Man, I am excited. We got Tom Thibodeau here. Give it up for Mr. Tom Thibodeau. So how's it feel to be here for All-Star Weekend? So much positive energy here at All-Star. What's it like for you? No, it's great. And, uh, when I was here for five years, you know, I was always hoping that someday the event would be here because Chicago is such a great sports town and it's a great basketball town. So I thought an event like this would be great for the city. And of course, the economic impact that it has on the city and celebrating the game, it's a perfect place. What are you most looking forward to this weekend? I mean, the dunk contest, I don't know if you care about those things too much, but uh, just the, the energy from Chicago and, and United Center and what, what the city can bring for, for the NBA? Yeah, I think it, it's such a great event for the league, in, for all of basketball. And I, I've always enjoyed the three-point contest. That's, I don't know, for whatever reason, I love that. And uh, I love uh, watching the Legends Breakfast. Uh, you know, you you forget about a lot of the great players and people that have had great impact on it, and it's always great to see them. So I've always enjoyed watching that. And, of course, the game. Uh, the game is fun because you're, you're looking at all the bright young stars that are coming into the league and emerging. And, uh, unfortunately, there's just not enough spots. There's many players that are deserving. There's one here, Zach Levine. You know, he's to me, he's having an all-star type season. And, uh, you know, there's good players that do get left out, but it's it's such a great event uh, for all the players that are having great years. Can you t- tell us a little bit behind the scenes what Zach Levine is like? You coached yeah, him. he's terrific. He's a great talent. And the thing that's hard is there's not enough spots for all the all-stars. The, there's many players that are deserving, and particularly when you get down to those last – you know, three or four spots, you know, on each team. And so I think when you're trying to decide, okay, who, who are you going to vote for? And it's very difficult as a coach. It's, all, it's impossible. And so one of the things that, you know, when you're looking at it, you're saying, okay, if you can make a case for each of those guys. Like you can certainly make a case for Zach, you know, and Devin I Booker. I did. I made a case for Zach. Yeah, I wrote a call. I'm like, he, if he had a healthy team around him, they'd probably win a lot more games. And it's not his fault. No, like Bradley Beal, same deal. Right. But, and that's what you, you, know, you get down to. Bradley's deserving. Devin Booker, of course, he got in. 
Carl Anthony Towns. Those guys are all deserving. But so when you have to make those decisions, what you end up doing is the tiebreaker is okay, who's on a winning team? Yeah. And that's and it's just because you have to have some criteria for how you're going to decide on these final spots, and that's usually the tiebreaker for for most coaches. And it's a it's almost an impossible situation to be in. Yeah, you, were you the coach in 20, uh, 2010, 2011 here? Yeah. So what was that like having to deal with the, 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 the egos on that team and, and picking out the roster and all that it's, stuff? You know, like it's, it's a lot of fun like to coach him because you, you just don't, you don't, you don't want to mess it up. So basically <laughs> you don't want to get anyone upset because you know you're going to have to play them down the road. And, you know, right, like that a, year was the big three in Miami. Yeah, well, you know, I did it in, in, as an assistant in Boston and also in New York, and that's like the big thing. Just keep track of the minutes, and you, when you go in, you're, you ask all the players, okay, sometimes a player may be nicked up and he just wants to play a few minutes, So you, and that helps because you're dividing up all the minutes. Then at the end of the game, whoever's playing the best, you usually finish with those guys. But it's a lot of fun just seeing, getting to know them in a, at, a, in a, at a different level. You know, what are they like off the floor? So that part's enjoyable. Yeah, people don't realize you're uh, when you're off the court. I mean, the smiles come out, the laughter comes out. What did you do during this the past year? Like, what was your favorite show to binge uh, while you were while you're away from the game for a little bit? That's a good question. Uh, I'm a big Billions guy. I love that show. Yes. Um, yes. You know. Uh, I don't know. Probably Billions is my, my favorite. Billions is great. Uh, they're, they're coming out with a new season here pretty soon. Yeah, Brian yeah. Koppelman, who's a big uh, NBA fan. They always sprinkle in NBA yeah, I love stuff. It. I love it. It's good stuff. Have you ever been like in talks to be appear on the show or anything? Like, no. Mark Cuban, I think, was on the show. Yeah, he was. He was. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, what about any movies that you saw recently or that you enjoyed? Uh, let's see. The, the last movie. Well, I watched the Oscars. Some of them. I'm trying to think now. I want to watch Parasite. I haven't seen that yet. It's a Jimmy Hoffa movie. That was, yep. you know, that was. Did that you see was, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood? I did. That was terrific. <laughs> terrific. I was yeah. just thought, we were just talking about this movie. Terrible plane movie. Because the first like oh two, it's long right <laughs> the two oh. first two hours of the movie is like you know kind of cool yeah, Leo and yeah, Brad yeah. Pitt and then the last ten minutes of that movie is just a, a total bloodbath yeah sorry for those who haven't seen it yet that tarantino but right <laughs> it is crazy spoiler alert sorry about yeah. that let's go back to 2011 chicago bulls uh i was covering the miami heat at that time in miami <laughs> you came in to that season with what kind of expectations uh you know it was an interesting year because obviously we went after uh dwayne wade and lebron and Bosch. How close? How close was I, it? I thought we were right there, you know. And the thing about LeBron is he had made the de determination that he wanted to bring two other people with him. So you were trying to create space to do that. And we made our pitch, uh, and I thought it would have been great, particularly with Derek. And it just didn't work out. But then we came out of it great because what it allowed us to do is we it, we built great depth. You know, so we had some really good young players. And, of course, the way Derek played, 22-year-old MVP, Carlos Boozer was terrific. And then Joe Keem just kept getting better and better. So that, that team was really special because they played so hard uh, for, and they played for each other. And they, they were so good on both sides of the ball. Uh, and Bench it's, uh, mob. 
Uh, the bench mob was terrific, <laughs> you know. But they were, uh, you know, we had a we had a little bit of everything. We had good shooting. We had good defenders. We had guys could get get downhill. Um, and Joaquin was relentless on on the board, so we got extra shots. And then, of course, once we got Jimmy, that added another dimension to our team. Did Did you know that Jimmy had that in him like now, when he what, came from Marquette? No, we did, we we liked him, and we knew that he had a lot of toughness. We thought he would be a rotation player, uh, and he was you know he had played four years in college, so we felt pretty good about that. But he came in during the lockout year. And, um, you know, so he missed summer league. He missed the fall. And it was a condensed schedule, so he didn't practice a lot. And he really didn't get an opportunity to play till about halfway through the season. And it, his first game was in Madison Square Garden against the Knicks and guarding Carmelo. And he played terrific. And right then we knew, okay, this, <laughs> this guy has a chance to be pretty good. But we never saw him becoming the offensive player. You know, we thought he would be good, but... Yeah, I mean, he's he's an unbelievable offensive player. He's a very well-rounded player. All those Marquette guys. Yeah, it's amazing. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, he's hitting like that, that I, I like what the Heat just did in picking up Big Adala and, and, and Crowder. You know, Jay Crowder's a, 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 those are two great additions to their team that I think Miami's will be very dangerous in the playoffs this year. Yeah, they're going to be spectacular. Bam Adebayo is, oh, is phenomenal. Monster year. Hero. He reminds me a lot of Joe Keem in, t- in a sense of a, a point center. Yeah, and, and I, I see the similarities there and also impact on winning. Uh, he's relentless effort, runs the floor great, makes great hustle plays, just brings energy to the team. Uh, a lot of intangibles, puts a lot of pressure on the rim uh, when he sets screens and he rolls. He's 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 terrific. Reads the ball extremely well, uh, and it, you know what we didn't see him do in college was the, was the playmaking ability. A lot of times he'll, you know, get the rebound and bust out with it. He's great in dribble handoff situations, so he's very very impressive. Yeah, a lot of those guys from from Kentucky, like Devin Booker, you didn't see him be able to be you know a thirty point scorer in today's NBA, but you got to know that these guys at Kentucky. They probably don't get the opportunities that they might if they went to a different school, right? So you got to yeah. you got to scout them a little bit differently. Yeah, and, and Cal does a great job there. And I think sometimes what happens is they have so much talent that they they all have to sacrifice to win. And so I think they learn how to be part, become part of the team. So sometimes you don't see all that they can do. And it, there's really like when you think about it, there is a progression to it. And oftentimes a lot of the Kentucky guys are one and dones. So you're not seeing, like, a finished product. Yet. Yeah. Those guys get a lot better after they, they leave, too. When you look back at your Chicago years, uh, what was your favorite memory? You look back, and it always uh, gives you good memories and, and remembering those times. I think just being around those guys and, you know. Like, it, which team? Yeah, like, like well, the, the first year, you know, the way Derek played and that whole team played, uh, they exceeded all expectations. It was, you know, projected to be – uh, a 500 team and to ha- end up with the best record in the league and the way they played for each other like they were there was great joy when anyone did well and that team was as close as any team that I've ever been around uh, they worked very hard on the floor but they spent a lot of time with each other off the floor and it happened organically no one was forcing them to do anything but the winning was so important to them and then I was equally proud of the teams when Derek was injured to keep fighting and find a way to win and get to the playoffs. 
probably the, the year that uh, you know we lost Derek and, and Luol got traded and, and Joaquin was hurt and we ended up uh, winning that first round series yep. uh, against Brooklyn. And, you know, uh, game seven on the road was that team was that uh, was a tough minded team. We talk about uh, guys who have the DNA for Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler, um, he played with you in Minnesota again. But one player that you never got the chance to coach, but I think it's the same deal is, is the same DNA that you first guy in last to leave is Kobe Bryant. And yeah. with his passing, what were some of the memories you had with Kobe and things that you draw upon over the last you know, 20 yeah, years around. It's really sad, and you still can't believe it. But he, uh, I got to know Kobe when he was in high school, and I was an assistant coach with uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, whenever they would have a day off from high school, we practiced at St. Joe's. He would come over, and he'd be there the whole day. He'd get, he'd, he'd be the first one there. And that's how I got to know him. He, he would ask, can you work me out? Then he'd want to play against the players then he'd watch practice then he'd lift then he'd want to play against more players and so he wanted to he wanted to go against the nba yeah, players and yeah, prove yeah. himself but he, and and could he, he hang was, and he'd watch guys work out and then he'd go and ask them questions so you could see how his mind was working i thought he was you know everyone was saying he was going to go to college for a year but all along i think he was planning on making the jump from high school to the pros and just, brian shaw said he wanted to jump after his junior's, junior year in high school. He well, that doesn't, make- I believe that. Because, <laughs> like, the thing about Kobe, the way his mind worked, he was a planner. He was so well organized. Every step of everything he did was well planned out. He developed a plan, and then he would just work the plan. And so he had a plan for how he, what he was going to do in high school, then what he was going to do in the pros. And even I, I had just, uh, we were texting, you know, a month ago about, he, him, he was coaching his daughter's team, and he was asking questions about that. But he had a plan for. He his reached post. out to you, yeah. to, to pick. So your we've brain. been friends. We we've maintained our relationship all the way through, and and he was always talking about his daughters. He he loved everything about his daughters. Everything was, you know, what he was doing with them, and it's just so sad. It, like he he had such a great impact on all of us, and your heart goes out to the Laker family, of course, his family the NBA family, but the guy was such an icon. And the, the, it was amazing what he was accomplishing in his post-playing career, to win an Oscar, to have the book series that he was doing. All Everything was, was, was planned out. And I, I went to New York with him uh, to do a promotion for his book. And I was just amazed at how at peace he was with being done playing. And I think for him, he knew there was nothing left to give. Mm. Like he... He gave all that he had, and he was already on to the next phase, you know, of his life. And to win an Oscar, I mean, it's a, and that, that film is amazing. I don't know if you had a, a, a chance to of course. show the film. It's just remarkable. All the Everything that he did was just uh, amazing. 2008 NBA Finals. You, that's got to be one of your biggest accomplishments as a coach is taking down the Lakers, right? Yeah, well, there's like <laughs> nothing better than, you know, a, a Lakers-Celtics finals, and particularly when you see all the former players from both teams, you know, going to the game, you re- realize the tradition that's there. Uh, Boston has 17 championships. Uh, they had 16 at the time. And, of course, the Lakers, you know, if you're a Boston guy, you say that they have 10, that six of them were 
uh, one in Minneapolis. <laughs> uh, you don't give them credit for those, but they have 16. There are no lakes Technically, in, there should in be Los an Angeles. asterisk by it. Yes. But it's, uh, uh, it, it was such an amazing. Kobe played to like the game six, was it? Like they were, you guys were up by like 40 points, and Kobe was still playing in the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember saying to Doc, you know, like, Doc, you can, you can take the starters out. And he said, no, not as long as Kobe's on the floor. And that's the type of fear that he put into you. You, know, you never thought a game was over because you knew he believed that he could overcome, you know, any deficit. And he was so tough-minded. And it was sort of surreal, like, to be, you know, coaching in the finals against him, you know. And, you know, when we uh, – later on, of course, we played him in 2010, and he, he won that series. And we'd always kid each other about, you know, I, I enjoyed 2008 – much more than I did 2010 and he would say the opposite so that was a little thing with each other but it it was uh amazing and that that was such an incredible run and uh, of course you know Kevin Garnett Paul Pierce Ray Allen they were so special to be around and I see uh you know where Kevin's having his jersey retired in Boston it's wonderful and uh he just uh was an amazing leader for that team yeah, uh, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the direction that the league is heading right now? Pace is way up. Three-pointers are even further up. People think that you're not uh, a modern-day NBA coach or an old-school guy, but you also had incredible offenses in Minnesota and in Chicago. So yeah. what, do you, what do you think about the trends well, in the league? Well, I think you, you know, the, thing, the league ne- is never staying the same. If you study the history of the league, it's always changing. So you, you have to be a, you know, ready to, to adapt. But you also have to understand what wins in the playoffs. And it's usually balanced. So you have to be strong on both sides of the ball. And then when you get into the playoffs, the further you go along, you, you realize how important it is to have – you have to have strong transition. You have to have a strong half-court game. You have to be an execution team. When you play someone seven times, it's a lot different than college where, where it's one game and either you lose and you go home or you move, move on to another opponent. So when you're playing someone seven times, you better have diversification to your offense. And so, uh, and then, of course, the same thing with your defense. You have to understand, okay, how are we going to take away their primary options? And so uh, I think when you look at, you know, playoff basketball and regular season basketball, there's two different things. Neil O'Shea on the, on the Haber Show pod a few weeks ago, he said that maybe we should extend the three-point line out to the sidelines and not have corner threes. It's interesting, like, because, and I, and I love, like, I don't think it's changed as much as people think. Because if you went, went back and you study points per possession, everyone is always, a, you, you go back to Dean Smith at North Carolina. Was, he was, yeah, there was 30, 30 layups he wanted, 30 free throws. And if there was a three, he would have said 33s, right? So, but understanding the value of shots, I think, is the most important thing. What are you good at? Are you good at, at layups, finishing in the restricted are you good at get, getting to the free throw line? Are you good at the corner three? And then are you good at, at going downhill? And then I think what we saw in the playoffs last year, the shot that you're going to have to make in the playoffs oftentimes is the mid-range shot. So you have to understand how that fits into your overall plan. Would you rather an, a contested mid-range shot that's, you know, a two-pointer um, or just like one of those Dame Lillard 35-footers from way back? Well, you know, you're making an interesting point about taking the corner three around because if you go to most gyms now, practice gyms, you're seeing the four-point line because the, yeah. Yeah, so it's – Spacing yeah, just it's, – It's much further back. So, And you've always sort of used the four-point line for spacing. 
so you, you, you don't want to be on the line when you're shooting, so you don't want that long too. So you're telling you guys, take another like full step back to open up the floor even further. Now what's created more space is what we're seeing now, is you're seeing really a, a point guard, three wings, and a center. So you're seeing another perimeter skilled guy, and that added shooting has really opened up the floor. So it allows you to get to all the shots that you're, you're putting a premium on. So do you want to get back into this? Are you liking the whole like TV side? You want to get back on the <laughs> sidelines and, and be a coach again? Yeah, you know it's it's been great. I've enjoyed, you know, obviously I love coaching. I love that part of it. I love the camaraderie of being around your staff, your players, and I love the competition. So, but when you're away, you also like enjoy that part, uh, that part of not having a schedule where you can travel, you can visit with people, family, friends, go on vacation. Uh, visit with other teams so I've tried to take advantage of all of that and I've enjoyed my time off it sort of recharges you too so is that a yes you want to get back into coaching yeah if I think if the right situation comes <laughs> yeah. along I'm certainly interested in that picturing you on a beach somewhere have you gone yeah, to yeah, a beach know, that's, like, a, that's that's not that's a bad vision right there. <laughs> <laughs> like you on a beach you do that for like a couple of days and you're like you know what I want to get back to Chicago I want to get back to back home or do you like that no, time no, no 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 because yeah. you know like I've uh, the Miami people are probably sick of me. I've, I think I've been down there like three times. Spo and Pat yeah, and yeah, Zoe. Like, like, come you know, on, man. So I'm, I, I'm, and then, of course, I go to L.A. I spend a lot of time with, with Doc. Uh, same thing. But it's, you know, I love it. You know, like there, when you don't have a schedule, it's like you just you're doing all the things you want to want to do. Like I'm visiting, you know, with college coaches, high school coaches, uh, you know, pro coaches, executives, you're picking everyone's brain. You, you, you know, a good idea could come from anywhere. So it's, it makes you think, it, you know, gives you an opportunity to evaluate things and, you know, plan for what might, might be coming. You've got, like, you've got players that you used to coach on a, a lot of, like, contenders this year. You've got Doc Rivers, of course, in, in L.A. You've got Jimmy Butler in Miami. You've got Rocco in Houston, so, like, who do you like to win it all? You've got – I know you've got people that you want might be partial to around the league. You don't want to offend anybody. But who do you think is going to win it all this year? you got Milwaukee, the Clippers. I, I think the Clippers could do it. But now that Paul George is a little gimpy with the hamstring, you know these hamstring things, it t- it's tough to yeah. get a hold of those things. So, Well, I, th- I think in the West, uh, the Lakers and the Clippers are the two best teams. I don't think any of us know who the Clippers are. They really haven't been whole all season. So I think you still have to – I think for me, the gauge that I look at in terms of championship caliber is are you a top five offensive and defensive team? Because to me, that's – Yep, that that is the barometer. You want to be both. And and when you look at the East, I think when you look at Milwaukee, they're there. Boston is there. I think Miami could get there. Those are like the three teams. And then I'm very impressed with Toronto – I think uh, Philly, you know, by the end of the season, they'll be there as well. And in the West, you know, I think the size of the Lakers is going to pose a lot of problems. And then, you know, I I love the versatility. I thought the acquisition of Morris for the Clippers, they have five guys that are very close to averaging 20 points a game. So they have a lot of depth that they can throw at you. So if Boston is in the finals against the, the Clippers, oh, yeah, you're going to be having people in both ears yeah, like, yeah. hey, how should I defend this pick and roll? And you're on the other side, you're trying to help the other uh, team uh, out too. Uh, that would be a great final. I think a lot of people, maybe the Lakers wouldn't enjoy it, but I, I know the Clippers certainly would. 
Uh, but it, I think it's 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 a great I think opportunity for someone to go in and someone new to to win it. You know, and and that's what I think it will make it really interesting. You know, as the season goes along, I think the stretch run will be terrific for the league. There's, you know, obviously health is a big part of that, and then you have to be playing well. But there's a lot of interesting uh, stories out there, and when you look at the West, and this there's this is probably an aberration. The, you know, the A seed will probably be around 500, and that really hasn't been the case. And then when you look towards next year, Golden State will be back, Portland will be back, and Portland still will have a shot at the eighth seed. I think they've played four more uh, road games than they have home, and Memphis is is the opposite. So got to get that, Dame healthy. Yeah, that's well, that's, that's a big part of it. But when you you know, I was just in Golden State for a week. And it was interesting to me uh, just watching their team because you're talking about a team that's been on the mountaintop for a long time. And the way they're working is very, very impressive. And I give Draymond Green a lot of credit, just his leadership uh, for a guy like that to practice the way he does, particularly for the young guys and for a guy like Andrew Wiggins going in there. I was very, very impressed with how he handled what he's going through that'll be the ultimate testament to culture and fit and all that with Andrew Wiggins on that championship aspiring squad because yeah, well, he hasn't I, been in that situation well, before. I think it's a credit to all of them like their coaching staff the, their management ownership like they're you know at 13 14 wins whatever it is but they're operating the same way they're you know they're upbeat there's good energy they're uh I came away very impressed with them well, hey, let's give it up to Coach Tom Thibodeau. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming by. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the time off when you can get it. They love you around here. You are a hero in this city. So thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Chicago's finest right here, Rashad Holmes. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So tell me about Lockport. Um... Actually, as well. I'm not from Chicago, to, so you tell me. Oh, yeah, it's a suburb out, you know, um, came up out there, went to high school there, and um, it's kind of where I got my start at. You know, I was a late bloomer coming out there. I had a lot of coaches in Lockport who pushed me, believed in me, and uh, it's really why I kind of groomed myself and became a basketball player that I felt could, you know, do this for a living. Yeah, I mean, you, you were 6'2", I think, in, in like your freshman year or oh, sophomore yeah. year, and then you... Now, what, how tall are you, 6'10"? 6'10", now. 6'10", now, yeah. I hit a serious growth spurt between my sophomore and junior year and uh, kind of morphed into a big man that you see now. And, you know, it kind of molded me. We got some Chicago uh, icons coming through here. Tim Hardaway. Who is, who is someone in Chicago, you coming up, that you idolize on the basketball court? Oh, uh, Derrick Rose, without a doubt. You know, Derrick Rose. I watched every one of his high school games. I uh, used to see him in person a lot. You know, uh, just loved his game, loved what he represented for this city. You know, he just attack the court and attack the game in a way I had never really seen before. So definitely love watching him coming up. Why, why, uh, why do players and, and fans love Derrick Rose so much? What is it about him that it just grab, the whole city gravitates to him? I know he's from here and obviously the MVP at 22, but what about him as a person uh, rubbed off on you where you were like, man, he is a giant? I think just his passion, like the quiet passion he had. You know, he didn't really say too much. He was just about his business when he stepped on the court. You know, he... Went to, he was a killer, like cold-blooded killer. Even from that time when I saw him, you know, he, like I said, he didn't say anything. He just went out there and did yeah. his job. And I think that's something we can all identify with, just going out there, getting things done the way we need to. Yeah, when you were coming up, 
you go, uh, you get that gro- big growth spurt. You're six ten, but you were like a guard, right, in high school? Like, um, I was like, like a, a tweener. Win? I was a tweener. I was just playing. I was so like raw when I first started playing basketball. Like I was just kind of out there, just running around, playing hard. <laughs> you know, just doing what I could to help the team win. You know, I always just would just be out there running, running hey. around. Hey, what's up, little man? <laughs> what's up, man? <laughs> hey, that's my, that's my son spurt. here making an early appearance. <laughs> son, son, RJ, RJ. Go sit, go sit with Uncle. Look at him just navigating go the defense here. Yeah. <laughs> my, my pride and joy right there. <laughs> yeah, let's give it up for little man. Yeah. He's got a future in showbiz, man. He uh, wants definitely. to be in front of the camera. Uh, he loves it. He loves being in front of the camera. I'm surprised they were able to hold him back, even catch him back just right there. He's just so active, but that's my everything right there. You know, uh, you know who also loves the camera is your parents. Oh, most definitely. They're most the biggest fi- Sacramento fans, man. Oh, uh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. They that's and that's always how they've been. You know, that's always how they've been. You know, ever since I was in AAU, you know, playing in high school, no matter what I was doing, they always was were the loudest. You know, wanted to make sure I felt every bit of that support. So after every Sacramento it. Kings win, right? They mm-hmm. do uh, they do a video on social media together. Oh know? yeah, it it actually started last year in Phoenix. You know, uh, when I was playing in Phoenix. And, you know, the team had fallen on some tough times, and they just wanted to bring some joy. And it just kind of started. It was a tradition, and they haven't stopped yet. So I love seeing it. You got three older brothers. Did they toughen you up for the league? Like, at what point did you say, hey, brothers, I got this. I'm going to go to the league. I think they saw it way before I did. Really? You know, they. Man, that's not how I, my yeah. older brothers are like. like Man, you ain't nothing. You ain't going anywhere. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. Nah, my, my brothers definitely saw it before I did. You know, they. They knew I had something because I just loved playing basketball, and I just gave it my all every time I stepped out there. So they knew I had a chance. So, I mean, they did everything they could. I mean, we had a game. We used to play in our basement. It was kind of like a football-basketball blend. You know, like no fouls called. You just got to try to dribble from one side to the other side, just getting absolutely fouled, just killing me down there. So that's a game we used to play, and, you know, that kind of represents what they were for me. Yeah, because you're a big man in today's NBA, and you're trying to dunk all over these people. Those are the moments that you realize, like, man, they were prepping me for something Oh, like definitely, that. definitely. Like, I felt like if I can get through them, I can get through anybody, and that's kind of the chip on my shoulder I carry today. You know, I can get through, you know, my brothers, you know, they were tougher on me than anybody could have been, so it's definitely beautiful. So you go from high school. You weren't, rec- you weren't recruited big time out of high school. You go to uh, junior college, and then you get to Bowling Green in, in – uh, it probably wasn't on your radar coming out of high school, but you end up at Bowling Green, and then you get the, the uh, going and trying to get in the league. When did you find out that you were going to be picked? I mean, did you know that before the draft and you got picked in the second round? Did you know that you were going to get picked in the second I mean, round? I kind of had an idea. Like, they told me, like, my range, and my range was kind of like late first round to, you know, mid, you know, late first, uh, second round. And so I was just kind of waiting and just anticipating. And actually when my name got called, it went on commercial, so we didn't see it at first. It skipped from, like, it was my pick, and then it skipped my pick, I think, to the 38th pick next. And, uh, wait, went, wait, wait. It went yeah. to commercial for your pick? Yeah, it went to commercial, and one of my brother's friends actually had to call and say, yeah, I'm, I'm here at the draft right now. Your, your brother just got picked because I was, <laughs> I was still in Bowling Green watching the, watching the draft on TV. My son had just been born, like, two weeks before the draft. No way. And so, yeah, when I – Got that call, and then we kind of turned back, and they went back and rewind and saw, like, this is what happened during commercial break. Saw my face, saw my highlights, and it, it kind of became real then. Did you think he was playing with you? I did. I honestly <laughs> did, you know, uh, because I was like, they never do that. You know, they never do that. But just the excitement and the thrill, you know, i never forget that day. 
So you go into a Philadelphia 76ers organization that was the trust the process. Like, I think that was the 10-win season was your rookie season. Yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs> Have yes, you dealt was. with anything like that before on a team where you're, you're, you're trying to win every night, it's just not happening? I really haven't. You know, that was – no, it was it was such a shock, and I think it was a shock to all of us on that team because, you know, we were all trying to find our place, find our way in the league, and we didn't really know what the NBA had in store for us. And so going out there and realizing so early how hard it was to win in this league, you know, it just made you want to work even harder to make sure that you stick. And so uh, I think that experience, just going through that experience, definitely, you know, shaped and molded my NBA career into the player that I am now. What was Joel Embiid like behind the scenes? Uh, he was a super hard worker. I mean – that's, that's one thing I don't think people talk about him enough. You know, he worked so hard just to get himself in shape, get himself physically ready to step on the court. He wanted to play so bad, you know, every day that I saw him. And, you know, behind the scenes, he's just such a hard worker, make sure he keeps his body right. And he wants to play for a long time. And yeah. he, he takes the precautions. Did you have to go one-on-one a lot in practice against him and be like, man, this guy? Oh, definitely. Even when he, <laughs> you know, was rehabbing and coming back, you could see it. You know, he was a step slow here, and we still couldn't stop him, you know, so – you, you saw it kind of right away. You saw it kind of right away. When he put it, the ball through his legs in, in the layup line where it was like, wait, Joel Embiid can do that? He's like 7'2". <laughs> yeah, he's, and, he's special. <laughs> I mean, he's special. I, he does things that 7'2", you know, close to 300-pound guys shouldn't be able to do. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, the way he moves is fluid. You know, he, he's just a great basketball player. So what was Sam Hinkie like? Oh, man, Sam was great. Sam yeah. was great. Like, I uh, remember when I went to sign my contract, I had my entire family with me. He spent time, talked to each one of my family members, got to know him a little bit. And so, you know, I feel like Sam really cared. And, you know, Sam took the time to, to really help me adjust to the NBA. How, like, how, how do you as a, as a player understand that this is a long-term thing? You're trying to win every night, but what was the process uh, told, explained to you guys as, as, as players? I think just the process means just continue to trust your work, trust the work you put in daily. You know, you might not – get the results right offhand. You know, like I said, we were losing just about every night, you know, but I just remember the team working so hard, you know, individually to make ourselves better. And I think that's just something we knew as we, if we continued to put the work in, you know, the results would come. And, you know, we just worked so hard, continued to work, continued to work, continued to work. And to this day, that's what I do, continue to work. And I think that's, you know, that's a process that never gets old. Yeah, so yeah. it stays with you. Now, how's your shoulder? How are you feeling? Uh, uh, I feel pretty good, feel pretty good. Um, Definitely ready to get back out there. You know, I haven't missed this many games since I don't know when. So definitely Is that right? ready to get back out there. Yeah, I, I want to play so bad, man. I want to play so bad. It looks fun out there. What's it like playing with De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald and those amazing young guards in today's league? Oh, man, it's great. It's great. You got De'Aaron, you know, his his pace is amazing. And for a guy like that's me. The, that's the way you want uh, to play. Definitely, definitely, exactly. It's like a, a match made in heaven, you know, able to throw the lob. You know, he breaks down the defense so well, like getting get into the teeth. And they have to collapse on him, and then I'm right there at the rim. So it's really a match made in heaven. And you know, Buddy with his shooting ability, ability to space the floor, leaves the lane so open for roles. You know, I think just we complement each other well, and I think you know I'm going to enjoy playing with them. How hard is it to keep being positive? Your parents are this like beacon of positivity, but how is it keeping positive in today's league where there's so many good bigs, mm. and you're just waiting for your opportunity? Obviously, in Phoenix and Sacramento, the last couple of years, you've really turned it on, but. How hard was that to keep that positivity when you weren't getting the minutes that maybe you think you deserve or you're not getting the, the shine that you hope you were getting? Because the league is tough. Oh, definitely. I, I just think for me, it's remembering the blessing of even being able to play in the NBA. 
you know, it's guys who would trade shoes with you, whether you're sitting on the bench not playing or, you know, you're starting. You know, I think just remembering the blessing in itself that you're, you made it to the NBA and now you have to do what you can to stay in the NBA. So if that means right now you're not playing, you got to cheer your guys on, make sure they're ready in practice. You know, just never taking that for granted, never getting down on yourself because you're doing something that so many people want to do and something that you dreamed of your whole life. So for me, it, it wasn't hard to keep positivity. I just came in with a smile on my face, worked hard. I was playing basketball for a living, you know, so it was always easy for me and just continue to put that work in and to see it come to fruition now is definitely good. As a big man, are you rooting for Dwight Howard tomorrow night? Say it again? As a big man, are you rooting for Dwight oh, I in the dunk contest? I definitely want to see Dwight do some things, but I cannot lie, airplane mode, man, it's, it's going to be tough. It's really going to be tough because I've seen some of the things he's done in game and <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine with that type of athleticism what we in store for tomorrow night, but I mean, to see Dwight come back and win it again in 2020, that would be an amazing story for sure. Yeah, I asked Aaron, like, guys like your size, they don't get the kind of love in a dunk contest because it's not as, as visually stunning to see a big man dunk, you know, dunk that much because mm -hmm. you're that big. But, man, if Dwight Howard can, can muster up the, the same hops that he used to have, man. I mean, he, he put on such a show last time he was in it, you know, and – you no, know, I think that's Dwight. You know, he wants to put on a show for the fans, you know, make it, you know, really, really make it a scene. And I think that's something that, you know, the NBA can miss at times. You know, guys who really enjoy hyping the fans up, really enjoy putting on a show for the fans. And, you know, I know Dwight's a showman, so I'm sure we're in store for something. I remember in 2011, there was a three-point shooting contest with the Miami Heat. Like, in the finals, it's Eric Dampier, James Jones, LeBron James, uh, uh, Mike Miller, like all these uh, – Eddie House was in there too. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. No, <laughs> Eddie, doubt, no doubt. Like these guys can shoot. Do you know who won that three-point shooting contest at practice? Ooh, Eric Dampier. I was just <laughs> – that was going to be I was like, guess. oh, if that Eric Dampier can shoot threes, all these centers in the league, like their ability to shoot, do you kind of feel like, hey, I should be able to shoot a little bit more? I mean, shooting I used to shoot threes in college, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And, you know, my, my second year in the NBA, you know, I shot – people forget I shot like 36%, so – don't sleep on him you as know, a shooter. Yeah, shooting is not something I'm uncomfortable with doing, not something I don't feel like I can't do. It's just my role. My role had changed. You know, I think with my ability to roll and space the floor, you know, that's just that's something they wanted me to do. And something that was my niche in the NBA and something I could take hold to in order to make sure I can get on the floor. And so it's just something I kind of embraced. I wanted to be the best role man I could, score as many points as I could in the paint. And uh, that was my role. And I had no problem embracing it. What about Buddy in the three-point contest? Oh, yeah, definitely got him. I'm taking Buddy all the way. I think what you should do in the three-point contest is have a designated passer, just like in baseball. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where they have a, a pitcher throw you for their home run derby. Uh -huh. We should have it where NBA players in the three-point contest should have a designated passer that pass them the ball. I think that's a great idea because I think taking the ball off the rack you know, it's it can kind of throw the, you know, kind of throw the rhythm off a little bit. But catching the pass, you know, especially Buddy and the catch and shoot, <laughs> that'd be a different three-point contest. Cause I've definitely taken him then. Like it's, it's not even close. Where's his range go to? It's, I think Buddy's range is unlimited. I've seen him pull up from everywhere. You know, a couple dribbles across half court, seen him just pull up, raise up, nothing but net. So he's definitely one of the best shooters in our league. And Bogey's pretty good too. Oh, without a doubt, without <laughs> a doubt. <laughs> what is uh, what is your? Do you think they should move the three point line back because of everyone's so good at deep threes? Like they're adding like a deep mm. three pointer to the shooting contest now. I think you know that's that's something to be talked about. I think that'd be more interesting, you know, because uh, you got a lot of guys just pulling up from deep anyway. So that uh, that'd be something interesting. I think uh, I think that's something the fans might enjoy. So we can see. Let's see. So we got, we got uh, Aaron Gordon in the dunk contest is your pick? 
Uh, Derek Jones. Derek Jones. Derek Jones. Jones. Sorry, yeah. Derek Jones in the dunk contest, and then you got Buddy in the in the three-point shooting contest. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Most definitely. And I got Bam in the skills challenge. Oh. Definitely going to put it on for the bigs there. So definitely got Bam. Yeah, Bam. <laughs> Bam. He's skilled, man. He's, oh, no doubt. No doubt. I'm excited for, to see you stretch out a little bit more in the three-point line. I know you can shoot. Oh, most maybe, definitely. Maybe one day Luke will, Luke will be like, hey, you know uh, what? Let's <laughs> face you a little bit. Let's open up the driving lanes for the other guys too. Trust me when I say it's coming. You know, it's not something I haven't been working on. You know, uh, I continue to try to round out my game, something I still have. And, you know, when it's time, I'm definitely going to shoot it. Appreciate you coming here, Rashawn. Wait a minute. <laughs> we got the doc in the house, Dr. Holmes. Hey, mom. <laughs> How you doing, mom? How you feeling? All right. This is the real star here, everybody. Yeah, let's give it up. So how cool is it to see him here at the All-Star Weekend, you know, in front of the cameras? Your son, Rashawn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Look at him smiling. <laughs> oh, it's great, you know, to see him living his dream. He's been saying it since he was a little boy. And so um, to see him doing this now is just amazing. Just amazing. When did you know NBA player? When did I know? I think he had to be about maybe eight. Eight years old. See, I, I told you they saw it before I did. About eight years old, and he used to always say, we all had prayer when we take him to school. And he would say, Lord, I thank you that I am an NBA star. So I said, okay. And then it was when he was about, I think he was a sophomore in high school, and he dunked the ball. I said, uh-oh, something's getting ready to happen. <laughs> so, did, did his older brothers be able to dunk, or was he the first one to dunk? No, they could dunk. But he did some amazing things. And, you know, I think the last person that beat him was probably Richard Jr., who is wait, his wait, manager, wait, wait. right? Who, who beat me? Yeah. Richard, didn't he beat you? In what? Basketball. Man, he did. Richard Jr. Hasn't, think... hasn't beaten me in basketball since I was about 11 or 12. No, he may hey. have been, he may have really been gonna discredit your mom on this. Mama knows he, best. He might have been time. like I think she gets the story confused because he beat me in a shooting contest. My oldest he could shoot the ball. Yeah. But okay. One on one basketball he hasn't been able to. Okay, <laughs> you might you might be right about, about that. But I know in shooting like the threes he always beat. He always not won. always. He beat me a couple times. He beats you all the time. He Just like I used to beat you. Okay, I'm not gonna say nothing to that one. You know I, I did. I'll let you have that one. Yeah, but you, she taught you a couple things on the basketball court, I did. right? Uh, she taught me a lot. Lock the shot. <laughs> one of the best shot blockers in the NBA, right yes. here, and he all got yeah. he got it from all three. That's right. Oh, definitely. definitely. That's right. She got tired of me fouling all the time. Still gets tired of me fouling all the time. So <laughs> she's siding with the referees. She's like, you know what? That was a foul. Oh yeah, we we still got. Work Usually, to do. moms are like, that wasn't a foul. How? That's a terrible call. No, You're I like, let hey. them know when it's a foul. Oh, nah, nah. I tell one, them stop all that. Yeah, foul. One thing about her, she's gonna keep it real. She's, you know, I'm her son and everything. Yeah. But she's gonna keep it real when it comes to that basketball yeah. floor. And if I'm not playing like I need to play. She's going to yeah. let me know about it. Can definitely. you still hear her on the court? Oh, definitely. definitely. I, point out, I can point her out. <laughs> I have a big mouth. I do. I, do. <laughs> I can point her out wherever she is. I can definitely hear her telling me to breathe and relax on my free throws. <laughs> His father yeah. does that, too. Yeah. His father does that, too. Yeah, so. that, that would be jarring if I'm at the free throw line and my mom's yelling at me like, hey, 
but that she's a mom. She wants to see what's best for you. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Does it, does it help sometimes when you're like, oh, yeah, I need to slow oh, down? Oh, definitely. Def especially if I'm like, don't have a, like, a little bit off rhythm. Like, that reminder, like, she's been doing it. Him, her and my father have been doing it since I've been to AAU. Like I said, this is yeah. nothing new. And so it's just a reminder to just get back to what I normally do. And, yeah. you know, I, even now it's funny how I can still hear him, still pick him out. You know, it's just, it's just great to have him alone for every, yeah. si uh, every step of the journey. So you're a social media star. I am? Yeah. You got, oh, like, thousands of followers that. on Twitter. Yeah. I do have a few followers. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I was looking you up beforehand. That was – it's impressive. You got a, a good following, and then after every win since uh, Phoenix, he was telling me. Oh, yeah. All the way back to the Phoenix days, you're the biggest, the loudest uh, Sacramento fan. Yeah. I, I probably am. When did, where did that come about? I mean, I know you said that uh, even before social media, you were just the biggest cheerleader out there and rooting for his teams. But when did you decide you wanted to make this public? You know, I heard, my husband and I both, we heard a lot of negativity, especially when the team would lose, and they had, were on a losing streak. And so it was just so much negativity until I said, uh, well, let's make a big thing out of when they win. And it wasn't just my son, although, you know, he, I love my son, but I wanted to, it to be a team, you know, effort. So when they won, my husband and I looked at each other and said, Let's make a video, and let's just scream. They won. They won, and the rest is history. <laughs> who was who was on his like bedroom walls, like basketball players growing up? Like he says, he idolized Derrick Rose. But who was who did you see him idolizing when he was a kid, or that he tried to okay. build his game after? I have a story to who he tried to pattern his game after. Uh. The one that I can remember, maybe, what, Kevin Durant? Kevin Garnett. Kevin oh, Garnett. Yeah. Okay, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Uh, but the one that he really loves was, um, at that time, and probably still is, but LeBron James. Yeah. Like, you couldn't say anything about LeBron James <laughs> in our household. I mean, nothing. If LeBron, LeBron missed a shot, and we said, oh, LeBron missed a shot, he would go off. Everybody missed a shot. What do you mean he missed a shot? You know, he just You're LeBron off, stand. So. He, you couldn't say anything Definitely. about LeBron. Nothing about LeBron James. So that 2011 series against the Bulls, like Miami Heat Bulls, LeBron going against Derrick Rose. At, you're with the 70, are you at the 76ers at that point? Uh, no, I was uh, – I think I was – just starting junior college at that Man, time. that's D. Rose versus yeah. LeBron. Yeah, so I I rooted for the Bulls. I wanted the Bulls to win the game. That's Just, a good story, too, yeah, about that one. Definitely, I definitely wanted the Bulls to win, but I wanted LeBron to average like 40. <laughs> <laughs> so I was kind of torn, so I was like, this is this is the compromise we'll make. I want the Bulls, D. Rose, hometown to win, but LeBron's average 40 and we'll be good. <laughs> yeah, his game, man, he's – yeah. He's a problem. When that ball goes up, man, it's going in. Like you're the lob oh, yeah. dunk that you got, uh you got going with the Kings, it's oh, yeah. I mean it's always been there, but you must be so proud to see him and what he's doing. Uh I am. I am. I'm very happy for him because he he's worked so hard, you know. Everybody didn't get a chance to see what he does off the court. And he worked so hard and he had to come against so much adversity. Um, when he was younger, you know, coaches not playing him or, I mean, what for whatever reason, people saying he'll never make it to the NBA or even make it to a college, you know, a, a great college. 
D1 college. And I mean, he had to work through so much adversity. And of course, his family is going to always tell him, look, you're doing good, keep going, blah, 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 blah. And uh, but to see him work his worth eth work ethic is just amazing. Sometimes I look at him and say, you're making me tired, <laughs> you know, because he just keeps going. He has such a great motor. He just keeps going. So uh, to see where he is now, I'm just so proud of him. Just very proud of him. Well, you can feel it anytime you're around Rashawn. He's so positive, smiling yeah. all the time. So yeah. he gets that from somewhere for sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. thanks so much for joining us here Thank on the Average Show you. here at the Highlight. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.